welcome to Smarten Up, the show where we demystify the complex world of tax and provide practical business insights. I'm your host, Sally Preston. As a business owner, I know how frustrating it can be when it seems hard to access understandable information, particularly when the topic is as complex as the tax law. So in this podcast, we will explore topics to help you make smarter decisions when it comes to your business taxes, which will ultimately benefit your bottom line. Whether you are starting up in business or have been in business for years, this podcast aims to become an essential part of your financial toolkit. Hello, and welcome to Smarten Up, the tax and business podcast. My name is Sally Preston, and I'll be your host. Today, we are looking into small business capital gains tax concessions. So why are we talking about these? Well, if you sell or dispose of a business asset and make a profit on the sale, qualifying for these concessions can significantly reduce your tax on that profit. Sounds good to me. So if you're a business owner, you should be aware that these rules exist and how they may apply to you. Today, we'll talk about these concessions when you sell your business. This could be to a third party or even to a relative or key employee. Hopefully, if your years of hard work have paid off, you will make a profit on this sale. But it was to pay tax if they don't have to, not me. So how might these rules apply to reduce or even entirely eliminate any tax you may otherwise have to pay? I'll break these rules down into a simple client case study so we can work through it. Now, these rules are super complicated. So whilst I'm going to give you the simple example, when I explain them, I'll let you know there's so much complexity to consider. We'll talk about some of it in a future podcast potentially, but really these rules shouldn't be applied without an expert advice and guidance on how they can apply to your situation. So please make sure you seek help. But for now, let's see and hear about the case study we're going to talk through. So Engineers Plus Propriety Limited, which is a company has operated an engineering business for the last 20 years. Martha and Artie are husband and wife and have always been the shareholders and have grown the business to a turnover of $5 million per annum. They're planning on selling the business to Megan and Leanne, who are their two chief engineers. They've agreed on a sale price of $3 million. There are two options that they should consider when structuring the sale. And this is before they've made the formal agreement with Megan and Leanne. So one is that Martha and Artie just sell the shares in Engineers Plus Proprietary Limited. And the other is for Engineers Plus to sell the business so that Megan and Leanne can acquire the business in their own structures rather than inheriting the existing company. So which one do they choose? It's important to remember that there's always more than just tax to consider in structuring a sale of business. So let's talk about some of the commercial factors that you should really consider. Existing business has key contracts. They may be difficult or can't be transferred. So therefore, selling the shares of the company so that those contracts can continue may be the only real option. Transferring the shares instead of selling the business will, though, facilitate business continuity in any case. That is, that also means that the employees, contracts, the ABN, the tax file number, bank accounts do not need to be changed. They might change, for example, the signature in the bank account, the directors of the company and the shareholders of the company change, 
but everything within the company can stay as is. However, if the company owns assets or there's some other reason for not wanting to sell the company, then instead selling the business might be the only viable option. And why might you not want to sell the company? So, for example, say the company owned the commercial or the commercial premises and that was a part of the sale and the two shareholders wanted to retain control of that premises, then they potentially won't want to sell the shares. Otherwise, they'll have to transfer the property out to get it out of the company before they can transfer it to the new owners. There's also a downside to the company continuing for the new shareholders, and that means that they inherit all the history of that company. So if the company's got any potential future claims or something's happened in the past, the new shareholders and directors bear the liability of that being the owners of the company. Now, that can be mitigated through things like agreements, but we're going to get a legal expert in to talk about agreements that might be in place for this type of transaction. So making the decisions weighed up against a lot of these different factors, and then we also consider the tax outcomes because clearly tax can be a massive cost and benefit depending on how it's structured. So we've got two options we've looked at. One is sell the business out of the company. That is Engineers Plus. Proprietary Limited makes the gain. And the other is Martha and Artie sell their own shares and so they personally make the capital gain. So why and how do the small business CGT rules to apply to reduce any tax payable on either of these two transactions? Well, it's all in the mechanics of these rules. For example, the individuals or even a trust that makes a capital gain on the disposal of an asset may be eligible for a 50% general discount on that gain. Now, we've spoken in an earlier podcast, a company cannot access this 50% general discount. Now, this is not part of the small business rules. This is any capital gain. So a trust or individual can access the 50% discount, a company cannot. So that's the starting point. So where Engineers Plus sells the business, the 50% general discount is not available to the company. However, if Martha and Arnie sell the business, sell their shares, sorry, instead of the business being sold, they can access the discount. So that's 50% savings straight up. Well, there can be more apply than just this discount. So if you're eligible for the small business CGT concessions, you could largely reduce or, as I said earlier, even eliminate the tax. So let's work through those rules at a really high level. So the basic requirements. The basic requirements of this small business CGT concessions are, let's start with, A, you've got to have made a capital gain. Otherwise, there's no point talking about reducing a capital gain. The basic requirements, there's two thresholds. One is that the entity selling the asset has an aggregated annual turnover of less than $2 million and carries on a business that qualifies as a small business entity. The second one is the entity selling the asset has an aggregated maximum net asset value of $6 million. So you don't need to pass both those tests, you just need to pass one of them. Now you'll note I use the term aggregated when calculating these thresholds. What you need to look at is you need to look at the taxpayer, the entity that's making the sale, and assess which other entities surrounding it are affiliates or connected with the taxpayer, as their amounts will be included in these thresholds. Now, we're not going to go into a lot of details on those rules. They are complicated and they should be undertaken a review by an expert. 
So another requirement, we've got our two thresholds. A, you have to make a gain. Then you've got your two thresholds. And another one is that the asset being sold needs to be considered an active asset. So an active asset is one that is used in a business by the seller, its affiliate, or its connected entity. The asset must have been an active asset for either half the period of ownership, or if the asset has been held for more than 15 years, it needs to have been an active asset for seven and a half years. So there are further rules to be satisfied when the asset being sold is a share in a company. At the core of these rules is a requirement that the company itself must pass one of the threshold tests, and then the shareholder has to own at least 20% of the shares in the company, or be the spouse of someone who does, and they themselves hold at least 1%. So there's a lot of tests to get through the basic requirements, and that is the complexity in these rules. But once you get through them, you've got some good news ahead. So let's go into our case study, and let's look at the scenarios that can apply to them. So engineers plus sells their business, and the turnover of the business we heard earlier is more than $2 million per year. But we do know that the business is being sold for only $3 million. So it may pass the asset test, the $6 million test. If instead Martha and Artie each sell their shares, as they are not themselves carrying on a business, they are not a small business entity. And so therefore the $2 million turnover test isn't going to apply to them. They then need to look at the $6 million asset test. Now, given each of them are selling $1.5 million of shares, assuming they own 50% of their shares each, then we need to look at their affiliates and connected entities to ensure they pass the $6 million test. So for now, we're not going to look at the $2 million turnover test. We've decided that Engineers Plus turns over too much and Martha and Artie aren't eligible to apply it. We're going to look at the $6 million in asset test. We're going to assume that when we do the affiliates and connected entities and look at everything around them, then they're going to pass. But let's talk about the assets. So we need to consider for Martha and Artie a lot of assets that they own, but we can exclude the family home and their superannuation. So once we figure out who's connected and who's affiliates, we find the assets that need to be tested. We're going to aggregate them all up to see that each person standalone passes a $6 million net asset. Now, the assets of the other person might be included in any case under that test. But let's assume that they pass. So the thresholds are met. The $6 million asset test is met. But both Engineers Plus, should it sell the business, and Martha and Artie, should they sell the shares. So the other part of the test we mentioned earlier was, uh, is the asset being sold an active asset? So where Engineers Plus sells a business, we'll assume the CGT assets the business are active. It's not quite as simple as this, but we're trying to keep it simple. That means that the assets by and large have been active for, uh, given the business has been run for 20 years, for at least seven and a half years. And we look at the underlying assets and we do need to go through year by year to make sure that's the case. However, if Martha and Artie sell the shares, Shares on their own aren't an active asset of a business. So there are further rules that when the asset being sold is shares in a company. Essentially, we'd be required to test the underlying assets of the company to ensure that at least 80% or more of the assets would be active assets. So we're still going to have to go through and test 
year by year for at least seven and a half years because we've held it for 20 years, that for at least seven and a half years, we made the active asset test. Let's say we do. We are into these rules. We've passed the basic conditions. Now, what that means is we've got a number of concessions that are available. We're going to start with the holy grail of the small business CGT concessions. This is the 15-year exemption. So given Martha and Artie have owned this business and their shares for 20 years, we should definitely consider this because what it means is if you pass this test, the gain is tax-free. So if Engineers Plus sells the business, then the company does not have to pay tax on the gain, provided it passes out to the right person. Okay, so there's some more around it, but we'll start with that. So... And based on the facts, a payment made to Martha or Artie would then be exempt in their hands. So it does not matter the 50% general discount apply, doesn't apply to this company. We get to pass it out tax-free anyway. The requirement, though, for this to be applied is that the business was sold in connection with the retirement or impairment of Martha or Artie. Now, if they are selling the business instead to take up employment elsewhere or start a new business, it may be that this one's not available. So if Martha and Artie are retiring and this is the end of their working career, we'll make it quite simple, then we should definitely be looking at the 15-year exemption to make the whole $3 million they've made tax-free. So if they're not retiring, then we need to move on. So the next one to consider is the 50% small business CGT discount. Now, we mentioned the general discount earlier. Now we need to look at the discount that's available if you pass the small business CGT tests that we talked about earlier. So what happens is even the company is eligible for this 50% discount on the gain made. So say out of the $3 million the company's made, it can reduce it to $1.5 million. Now, for Martha and Artie, this is going to be on top of the 50% general discount we talked about earlier. So their $3 million gain was already reduced by 50% down to $1.5 million between them. We're going to reduce it a further 50% down to $750,000 between them, or $375,000 each. So a problem can arise if a small business 50% discount is applied by engineers plus, though. So if the company's making the gain and applies it, the cash of the sale to pass into the hands of Martha and Artie, unless some other exemption applies, the company would be required to pay as a dividend. Then some of the gains not being taxed by the company, we have a franking credit problem. But that's getting complicated. So what we need to do is look at how we extract that profit that the company makes on the sale to Martha and Artie in the best way possible. And you're going to need help for that. So let's say both of them have access to discount. We've managed to pass out the profits. Now, there's a difference in tax numbers, one being there's still tax payable at a higher level if Engineers Plus sells a business. Now, there's two other concessions to be considered. One is the replacement asset rollover. So these will depend on what Martha and Artie's plans are. So if they're planning on starting a new business that any remaining gain may gain after we've applied the discounts may be deferred and rolled into the acquisition of a replacement asset, i.e. a new active business asset. The other concessions we call the retirement exemption. Now, the name is very confusing because the 15-year exemption requires someone to be retiring or permanently impaired, but the retirement exemption has got nothing to do with that. You don't have to be retiring. It's to do with superannuation. So 
Martha and Artie can apply the retirement exemption to the remaining gain. If they're over 55 years old, they can elect to apply the concession and the remaining $375,000 gain they've each got will remain untaxed if they keep the cash. Now, if they're under 55 years old, they'll need to contribute the amount into their super fund. There is a $500,000 lifetime limit for applying this concession though. So at a high level, it seems we may be able to get Martha and Artie all of the profit on the sale of the business or shares out tax-free, depending on finding out a lot more information. So whilst the laws are complex and do require expert to work through them, getting the proper advice can mean the difference between paying tax on up to 100% of the gain versus none. So how do you approach a potential sale knowing this? So get advice early. In a perfect world, these rules would be considered when setting up a business. However, often this is not done. So before you sell your business, before you sign a term sheet or make an agreement with a buyer or any form of agreement, please go and get help. Because what can happen is you might make the difference between whether you sell the business, whether you sell the shares. It might make a difference in a whole bunch of factors and it could cost you a bomb in tax if you don't get that help. So I'm not sure I've cleared a lot of the air on small business CGT. I'm hoping you've got some of the gateways into accessing these concessions, but hopefully you're leaving this podcast a little smarter and you've smartened up about small business CGT. My name is Sally Preston and thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Smarten Up Tax and Business. I hope you found the information valuable as you navigate your entrepreneurial journey. If you did, please leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow business owners. Remember, what we've talked about today is not a substitute for getting formal advice from an accountant or lawyer that is more specific to your circumstances. But knowledge is power when it comes to getting your taxes right. And it can also save you a buttload of money too.